DJ and PK brought to you in part by Davis Vision. Davis Vision's New Year's special continues through February. Save $1,000 off normal pricing now through the end of the month. Check them out now at davisvisionmd.com. We're joined now by Shane Young, NBA columnist and analyst for Forbes Sports, working in L.A. this week. Shane, good morning. Good morning. How you guys doing? Good. So I'm curious, are you in L.A. because it's L.A. and it's February, or were you drawn more specifically by the Clippers and the Jazz twice and the the Lakers and the Nets, or you were escaping Texas and freezing weather and New Jersey and freezing weather and America and freezing weather? Good point. I got to say, uh, as good as the Jazz are, as dominant as the Jazz are, the the pull was more towards um, escaping where I'm from, Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. It was 10 degrees, ice and snowstorms, and I'm not cut out for it, man. <laughs> yeah, we can understand that. That's for sure. I grew up in Phoenix and uh, worked in the Los Angeles market here. So I got you on that. I understand that completely. And I think that's part of the reason maybe why the Lakers have been so good for so many years. We're approaching the, uh, not quite there, but uh, getting closer to the halfway point of the season. Uh, Evaluate the Western Conference for us. The West is is in a weird spot where I thought it was going to be really loaded and really deep from probably one to seven in terms of not, you know, not all seven teams or eight teams being title contenders, but at least, you know, on the same plane as that 2014 season where it was just loaded with, you know, 50 win teams or 2008, where I think you had to, you had to win 49 games to get into the playoffs, but really you only see three legitimate title contenders or you know, finals contenders in the West this year, when really we 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 would normally see a lot of teams that uh, had a punter's chance. And the East is a different story. The East, there's two teams that have really stuck out: Brooklyn and Philly, and then everyone else has dropped off from there. The Bucks are just very stale this year. And so the E or the, for the West, what I'm seeing is two teams that are that are you know the the Lakers and Clippers. They're they felt like they were on a collision course for the last couple of years to meet in the West Finals and kind of like you know battle it out to see who's the best in LA. It didn't get to happen last year. Um, the, the bubble, the, all the circumstances behind it, kind of ruined the Clippers' chances last year. And now you're you're in a, it's a scenario where the the Lakers and Clippers are looking at each other and saying, "Look, we might not even have it this year because the Jazz." Are twenty four and five on pace for sixty eight wins over a eighty two game schedule, which is just absurd. If you think about those Warriors teams with Kevin Durant, they the most they won with KD was sixty seven games. So like for the Jazz at this point of the season to be that good or better is just it's it's honestly unbelievable. I even I think even the most optimistic Jazz person. The, the most optimistic Jazz homer wouldn't even say that they expected this type of offensive production. Like, normally you see, you know, you, the, the Quinn Snyder teams, they share the ball, they are moving constantly, but they're but but the shooting and the efficiency just isn't quite at the level that, that they want. This year, it's been the opposite. One of the, if not the best shooting teams, because of how many guys they have, they can just shoot... 40 plus percent and, and, and light it up from the corners. 
and then you have team, and then you have players that can get downhill like Donovan Mitchell uh, and really finish at the rim. So I think I think it more so it's the Lakers and Clippers looking, you know, looking around and saying, hey, we might have to play in the second round instead of get to the conference finals because the Jazz. Honestly, in my opinion, I think the Jazz are going to run away with the one seed when it's all said and done because of how easy their second half schedule will be. Do you think that the Lakers, once they see they can't get one and think there isn't that much of a difference between two and three with Anthony Davis hurt long-term here, that they're really going to throttle back and maybe even throttle back on LeBron, who's playing every game and playing big minutes and Mm -hmm. carrying a big chunk of the load? Do you you think the the Lakers kind of downshift here and – or do you think they make a move and try to uh, add some talent and go for it? It's a great point you make because, in theory, like if you're a coach, like if I know if I was a coach, I would definitely use the post All Star break, you know, the last what thirty something games to pick out a few for LeBron to rest and for LeBron just to not play, um, to, to gear up for a playoff run. Now that that might mean that you're going to end up the four seed or the five seed. You know, the Suns currently at fifth are 17 and 10, only two losses behind the Lakers. So it's not it's not like inconceivable that LA could drop down there without Anthony Davis cuz you know Frank Vogel said that AD is going to be out at least another 4 weeks. Now people took that 4 weeks and ran with it thinking he's going to come back, you know, March 18th. He said that that's just an estimation, so it could be even longer. So I think I think the Lakers are going to drop back. Um they play a lot of good teams coming up, I think. And then it, it's also a scenario where Frank Vogel's in a weird spot, and I and I don't envy this spot that he's in um, because you know LeBron has historically said, at least over the last three or four regular seasons, he is not taking games off, and it, it, it would be a different story, man, if if he wasn't like chasing, hunting this MVP that he that he for some reason wants to prove that he can get. Um, you know, in, in my opinion, you would think that just the the Finals MVP and blowing through teams in the in the playoffs like he did in the bubble would be enough. But he seems to want that validation to to get the regular season MVP that he thinks he was robbed of from Giannis, uh, which he wasn't, by the way. So I I think I think it's I think LeBron is going to have more of a say on that than Frank Vogel. Oddly enough, even though you know Vogel should be able to say, look. LeBron, you're going to rest at least ten games, so we can get, so we can get you fully geared up and fully healthy, and then Anthony Davis will be back. You'll both be 100 percent for the first and second and third rounds. It, so honestly, I think the Lakers are going to fall to four or five, um, but that's not going to that's not going to be an indication of how good they are. So I agree with you as far as even the biggest jazz homer and we're in the land of jazz homers didn't have them uh, to this level. I don't think anybody did. My realistic thing as we went into the season was that if things broke their way and, and played as well as they could, they'd have a shot at the two seed. I thought that was possibility, mm-hmm. but I wasn't saying that it was a lock and that they should be able to get that fairly easily. I thought things had to go well. And now one seed obviously is in play. So with that in mind, my expectation of a potential two seed, now talking one seed, what do you think as you've seen is the difference there or the surprise there that allows us, somebody like Mike, case to say well two seed is the ceiling 
but now no, it's actually one seed. Yeah, I thought, you know, the ceiling, that, that's kind of where I was too. Like they could potentially beat out one of the LA teams if, if they struggled. Now, I'm, you know, I'm not sure, like, if you guys have been following me for a while, but I, I, I still believe the Clippers at full strength with their healthy lineup are the best team in the West. And, you know, if you have the lineup of Pat Bev, uh, Kawhi, PG, Batum, or Marcus Morris, whichever you prefer, and Serge Ibaka, I think that just offers the the best switchability, the best spacing and shooting in the league. Uh, but we just haven't seen enough. I think that lineup has only played maybe 13 or 14 games together. They lost two games. So it's, you know, the, the Clippers have an availability issue. I don't think they have an on-court issue right now like they did last year. So I think if the Jazz just continue to do this, and look, I mean, nobody likes this comparison because it's, it's the freaking Warriors, but um, they, they do have the best point differential in non-garbage time minutes. You know, it, it's like right there with the 2017 Warriors. Um, it, so if you just take out all the garbage time where Quinn Snyder pulls his starters, pulls his main guys, and playing his bench, um, and only count like you know the 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 competitive minutes, Utah's on that plane. So um, I, I think I think the Jazz. You know, people are going to say, even the people that pick them to be first or second, like you said, uh, I, I think what I would tell them is we we still have to see it in the playoffs to believe it. And that's that's how it's going to be for all these teams. Like a team that's never won the title or, or that's never been to the finals uh, in the last 20-plus years, it's not, you know, you're not going to get the validation unless you do it in the first and second round first and get to the conference finals. And then people start to like take you seriously. I've never been of the mindset it should take that long. I think regular season play is pretty indicative of how good you are. Um, but yeah, I think there's people that's still going to be nervous about how can Donovan Mitchell score against switching defenses in the playoffs. Like how can he score whenever the Clippers and Lakers are switching bigger and, and more, you know, like physical bodies onto him. There's always going to be questions like that. And then of course, like Jordan Clarkson having just a phenomenal season, I, I I can't believe it. I'm sitting there in person on uh, Wednesday night and seeing him pull up with virtually no space after ball screens, and that's something that his confidence really – his confidence has always been high, but he he didn't have that type of confidence with the Lakers or Cavs, so it's, it's jarring to see him turn into one of the best pull-up shooters in the NBA now. <laughs> um, but how can he do against – switching defenses off the bench, like in the playoffs in the second round when it's game five, series tied 2-2. There's always going to be questions like that, man, and until they do it, they're not going to get the validation from the national guys, and that's unfortunate because, you know, a, a team this a team this dominant on both sides of the ball should be getting looked at a little bit more. Joined right now by Shane Young, NBA columnist and analyst for Forbes Sports, working in L.A. this week because Kentucky's really cold and L.A.'s got big NBA games and it's really warm, so it works out. Uh, You know, the flip side of that is kind of like part two to what you just said, is yes, the Jazz have to prove it in the playoffs, but it's also hard to assess this because two of the teams that look like really strong contenders, the Nets and the Clippers mm-hmm. aren't putting their guys out there. We're not seeing them at full strength. So while the regular season can be a pretty good indicator of how you are, we also know that the the number one seed in the playoffs 
hasn't won the thing the last three years. You can be two, three, or four in the regular season and get it. And if the Nets and Clippers aren't going to play their guys, how are we supposed to figure this out? Yeah, uh, precisely. And you would think that it's a, it, it's, you know, when you say it like that, you would think, oh, Nash and and, and, and Ty Lue are just, you know, not playing their full cards. They're kind of just keeping things in their back pocket. But no, like it's just been, it's been one of those weird seasons where Kevin Durant's issue is hamstring related and they're not even comfortable putting him out there because they know how a hamstring injury can linger and the health and safety protocols have kept them out for what, three or four or five games. So uh, it's, you know, the Nets have just gotten unlucky. Uh, the Clippers, it's, it's really kind of the same thing, man, where Paul George has a toe injury that you would think, oh, okay, a toe injury is not that bad. He could play through it eventually. But, hey, it, it, I've seen those injuries keep people out for three or four weeks because it just doesn't heal up as fast as other, other parts of the body, it seems. And Kawhi, Kawhi's issue has just been, like, he, he got busted in the mouth by Serge Ibaka on a freak accident play, cost him a couple games. Uh, health and safety protocols cost him two more games. And then he has a, a I think it's, they're calling it a bone contusion on him, in his lower leg uh, that he suffered against Cleveland last week. So that they're kind of being cautious with him. And, you know, actually, funny enough, I think Ty Lue might be – I know Paul George and, and Kawhi are kind of like not healthy enough to play right now. They, they could play tonight. They're questionable. We don't know yet. Um, but he's the coach that I could see – kind of like just throwing away these games against Utah, you know, maybe throw away the games against the Lakers down the stretch of the season uh, because they play the L.A. Lakers two more times uh, because he, he, you know, first-year head coach with this team, uh, I, I think maybe it's like, a, oh, let, let me just not show everything that I have. Let me let me keep this unit rested for the playoffs so, so the Jazz and Lakers don't have much film to go off against us to know how we're going to play against them. So uh, I could see it being that kind of scenario with, with the Clippers for sure. So for the sake of argument, let's slot the Jazz in at the number one seed and also for the sake of argument that they get past whoever is in that concocted eight spot. So my point that I want to go with you is the second round, and right now we don't know, but there's two or three teams, maybe you want to go four teams, that could potentially play the Jazz in the second round. Can you evaluate who you would consider the most dangerous? In the second round? Yeah, the potential Jazz matchup in the second round, knowing that there's mm-hmm. maybe two or three teams that could be a possibility. Who do you I like? I think the now? answer, yeah, the, the answer is undoubtedly the best the best shooter, the best scorer from a from a point guard position that I've ever seen, that's Steph Curry. I, I would be frightened. Now I, I completely understand that Denver is a better is a better team overall and, you know, the Jazz definitely have uh, a little bit of nightmare from from the Denver Nuggets, you know, considering what the Jokic dropped thirty five and a half against them this year <laughs> and then also uh, you know, beat them in the bubble in that in that really tough seven game grind but i i would i think i would easily pick the jazz over the Nuggets in a series this year maybe in you know five or six games i i I think whenever they're rolling i think utah's defense is just so unbearable to to a team like denver so i think it would be i think utah would would kind of fare pretty well against denver this time around versus in august september 
but I, I think the Warriors would be a team that, you know, even though the shooting and scoring around Steph, and you know, the Jazz blew them out when they were when they were in Salt Lake City. What was that a few weeks ago? So I completely understand why people might roll their eyes about that, but I, I just don't think you want to get into a battle where Steph could go for forty. He could average forty-five for the first three games in the series, and it could be two-one Warriors, and you know people would, would be freaking out. So I think that might be the team that that you you're not going to try to avoid them. The Jazz are going to continue to win games as they should and be the one seed. But but you know if Golden State's lingering there and they're they're in the play-in tournament and they end up the eight. Then yeah, that that could be a little alarming because you know I don't care how dominant Rudy Gobert is defensively or how dominant Mike Conley has been when he's been healthy guarding point guards. Uh, Steph, there, there's no solution for him pulling up 35 feet uh, behind the screen. There's just no solution for it. So of the Blazers, Suns, and Spurs who are currently four, five, six, is there? I don't know if I want to call them a fraud. Is there a weak link? Is there someone that is a Jazz fan? You're like, yeah, that's the, that's the breather in the second round. Well, like the Spurs have been have been strange, right? Where I don't think that I don't think a lot of people really just look at them as this genuine six seed at sixteen eleven. Like they just they have a negative point differential. The Spurs at five games over five hundred have been outscored on the season. So um, I'm not, I don't know if I'd call them a fraud because no one's considering them to even win a, a couple games in the playoffs, they're not even expecting that. So uh, they're kind of just there, right? They're, they're there because of Pop and the young guys that are thriving. So the Spurs are there, but they're not serious. No, no one would take them seriously in the playoffs, to, to, to me. Uh, the Blazers, the Blazers are fun because, like, on paper, when they're healthy, they should be where they are now. They should be... Uh, you know, when in 65% of their games, they should they should have an MVP candidate in Damian Lillard, which they do, and it, it things should be fine. But they haven't been healthy, and they're still here. So I think they're more on the legitimate side. Um, but but again, like uh, the benefit of Utah not ha- not being in that bracket or not being there, um, you know, well they would have to play Portland in the first round. So you know that that is kind of that is kind of crazy. Yeah. If they do get Dame Lillard, uh, or not, not in the first round, in the second round, sorry. So they might have to avoid Dame Lillard and stuff like that, and it might be easy for them to do that at getting the one seed. So that's another benefit of winning, just kind of, kind of, uh, you know, dictating your own path through it. Um, but you know, Portland would be kind of, kind of serious to me. I, I don't think I would be concerned if I was a, if I was a Lakers, Clippers, Jazz. I, I wouldn't be concerned about Portland, but it's a team that you, you might have to just pencil in for like a, a good long six-game series just because of how they shoot the ball. Uh, but, you know, I, I've always been fascinated by Phoenix, too. I'm not sure how you guys feel about the new-look Suns, but I kind of thought they were going to be like this league-leading or, or close to league-leading offense and maybe struggle defensively just because, you know, a lot of their guys are still kind of young. And then you bring in Chris Paul, who he's, he's really good defensively, but he's, you know, not a spring chicken. I thought they, I thought they might struggle on that end. But it's been kind of the opposite. They've been like you know league average offensively, uh, really really good at, at certain points on defense. Uh, do I think the Suns are a title contender? No, but being in the four five bracket there, that that that's that, that that's the perfect spot for them. So there is a clear separation line, by the way. Like after the third team, after the Clippers, which you could argue, you could even argue the Clippers are the best team in the West uh, from a playoff standpoint, and. 
you know, there's a good line of demarcation under them that says the rest of the West is kind of, kind of just, eh. You know, it's kind of like Eastern Eastern Conference level talent after the third spot. Well, Shane, we appreciate a few minutes this morning. Thanks for uh, not going down to the beach and hanging out with us. <laughs> for sure. Oh, yeah, anytime. I'll, I'll talk jazz over laying in the sun anytime. Okay. Thanks, Shane. Shane Young, NBA columnist and analyst for Forbes Sports, based in Kentucky but in L.A. with the big games with the Jazz and the Clippers and the Lakers and the Nets. Jazz and Clippers tonight. David Locke will have the call. It'll be on 97.5 The Zone. That game tips off at 8 o'clock. The Aggies and Boise State will be on 12.80 The Zone tonight, and Scotty G will be on the call there as the uh, as the Aggies try to get a split in Boise. DJ and PK, everything you missed in this show will get you up to speed. Coming up next on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. The Big Show, the Big show. with Jake Scott and Gordon Monson. Sam Amick. I still see national pundits compare the Jazz to the Hawks of a few years ago that were so good but ended up flaming out. Is this a case where the Jazz really can't win those people over to their side? Because 20 of 21, it doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Donovan Starr does continue to get brighter, but it's not as bright as a James Harden or a LeBron. If you ask the casuals why Utah is winning every night, they say, tell me what LeBron's doing. But they're earning respect on a nightly basis. They're winning even when they don't play all that well, which is a sign of a really good team. They're winning when they got guys out of the lineup. They seem to also keep their perspective on the big picture and know you don't want a championship a couple months into the regular season. Catch the Big Show weekdays from 2 to 7 presented by Big O' Tires. The team you trust on 97.5 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Time to recap everything you missed in this show. We have talked a lot of jazz today. The Jazz and the Clippers are playing tonight at 8 o'clock. David Locke will have the call on 97.5 The Zone. Scotty G will have the Aggies on 1280 The Zone. They need a split in Boise. The Aggies started the week in first place, but with the Broncos win Wednesday night, they took over the top spot in the Mountain West. And PK will have a full range of college basketball this weekend for the Aggies. Their challenge is to get back to the top of the West as they get ready for the Mountain West Conference Tournament. They get a chance to get in that large bid, even if they don't win the tournament. But back-to-back losses against Boise would obviously be a problem. BYU sounds like they're in the tournament. They just have to not mess up. They're at Loyola, 1 o'clock on uh, Saturday. They crushed Pacific last night. And then the Utes, 20 turnovers, just really beat themselves at Oregon State. That was awful. <laughs> Way to leave me with the negative. Well, you got all three. You can take any one of them. Anywhere you want to ah, go. Forget that. Now nah, I'm going to go boating this weekend. Enjoy the beautiful weather. You are not going boating. <laughs> if there is like one thing in Utah, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say society, but kind of culture that is like completely, completely foreign to me, it's boating. You put me out there in a boat, I'm liable to hurt or kill somebody. One time I went sailing in the ocean. It was a disaster. We got back to the marina, but that was hard work. Here's a rule for you. Stay 150 feet away from every other watercraft. I just just shouldn't be. What do you mean we'd be a disaster? If I took you on a boat and made you sit down? Yeah, you'll be fine. Oh, if I weren't in charge. I have to be in charge. No, you're right. If I'm just sitting on the boat (laughs) and someone else who, like, Uh, has been to Lake Powell 50 times and can handle a houseboat. No, you wouldn't be in that position in the first place. Yeah, but for me to go down there and just run a boat, oh, I'll just go down to Lake Powell for, ah, no. No, someone would take, I've never driven a boat. Right, exactly. I have. I, I didn't grow up with anybody in my family, family. that had a yeah. boat. I don't even know. Do they have? Is that a thing in Phoenix? Because it's not much of a thing in San Diego. People just go to the ocean. That's yeah, boating. 
It's nothing like it was here. Yeah. They took boating to a new, higher level, and it's made me just despise with all my passion Lake Powell. <laughs> There's a very famous rant I, I made you. into a promo once upon a time. I left you with negativity. Classic. <laughs> you despise Lake Powell and your whole being. I do. I do. I would rather have to go to the DMV in California. Than yeah. to ah. <laughs> That's a horrible. There's a day of your life you're not getting back. Having talked with an in-law recently of mine oh who gosh. had to go to the DMV in California, that is cruel and unusual punishment for You yourself. know people are just ranting about California and they don't know what they're talking about. Well, the high taxes of the liberal government. You want to cut right to the core? Talk to somebody who's lived in California about going to the DMV. Going to the DMV. I dare you to find someone with a good experience. Good luck with that. <laughs> What a nightmare. When I worked at Debris, I had to drive by it Ugh. most days, and I, I thought they were giving away money because there was a line <laughs> right. around the block. <laughs> giving away money. There's 100 people, and there's one person helping, and they're always five minutes away from a break. <laughs> and I would, yeah, I would work these crazy shifts. Like I would work a, a 7 a.m. shift, be off, and then work a 5 p.m. to 2 a.m. shift and be off and go back to 7. So I would drive by there at all various times of the day. And when I would drive by for my 7 a.m. shift, you'd see the line of people waiting for a place that didn't open until 8 or 9 o'clock. They'd already be uh, 40, 50 people deep. So that was always a nightmare. So I'm glad I thought of that. But, yeah, that's what I think of with Lake Powell. I absolutely, I wish they would drain it. I hate it. I absolutely hate it. I can't stand it. And I've only been there once, and I'll never go back. So that's have, my little my you, little Utah thing. Okay, do you have any genius-level college basketball news to drop on us? Utes, Cougars, Aggies, anything before we move on? Well, I do believe that the Aggies have got to find a way to win if they want to win the regular season title. And obviously, BYU is not going to win the regular season title because Gonzaga is so awesome. They just—it's a question of how many people they beat by, or what's the point spread. You know, I was sort of thinking about Gonzaga and the Jazz have a lot in common. Now, Gonzaga has been good for a number of years, but you watch national shows; they've gotten more respect. There's no question about it; they've gotten more respect. Uh, for particularly for people who are in the college basketball, the casual, well, let's wait and see what they do in the tournament. Well, it's the same thing with the Jazz. All right, you're going to be in the tournament. We don't call the uh, professionals. We call them the playoffs as opposed to the tournament. But the Jazz now, with their phenomenal run, is taking on like a Gonzaga-like approach. Let's see what you do in the tournament. Let's see what you do in the playoffs. And I would equate it to Gonzaga gaining national respect. I really believe they've gained national respect now to have a form of legitimacy. And what I'm going to compare it to for the Jazz, even if they don't win the title, there's still opportunities for them to gain national respect without winning it all, just like, in my mind, Gonzaga has done. We talked a little uh, NFL this morning. The Eagles trading Carson Wentz have agreed to trade into the Colts for a third-round pick this year and then a conditional 2022 pick. It could be a first-round pick if Wentz plays 75% of the Colts' offensive snaps. This whole quarterback thing in the NFL is just totally different than it's been. It's, a, it's weird to see this many quarterbacks who've had success, uh, you know, at least flirting with the possibility of leaving. You know, they're, they're not all handling it the same way. The Colts, it feels like musical chairs, like, we can get Wentz. 
he's been good with a change of scenery. He could be good again. And if we wait around, who knows if Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers is really moving. Watson would seem to be the most likely and Rodgers would be the least likely. Uh, but we don't know. It could be over. Uh, and then even if they are moving, do you know that you're getting get them? So the Colts, who need someone to replace Phillip Rivers, just go all in on Wentz and say, we'll take what we can get right now because who knows where these other situations are going. Yeah, as far as Wentz goes, I don't think it's exclusively a change of scenery. It's a change of scenery to Frank Reich because he was the offensive coordinator with the Eagles in 2016 and 17 before he got the head coaching job with the Colts in 2018. So I think obviously they have that relationship there. And he thinks and he can point, maximize Wentz. Yeah, because Wentz did play well. It's not mm-hmm. like he's been a bust. I mean, there has been t- there have been times he has played well in this league, and so I think that relationship there clearly is what is driving the Colts. Now, there's a two things there with the Colts. They need a quarterback, and obviously Reich has that relationship. And you look at the Colts. I think that uh, I, it will be the fourth or fifth year consecutively, game one, that they will have had a different starting quarterback. That's sort of crazy. As they go there, but I can get why Reich thinks, you know, he's a former quarterback himself, obviously, and why he thinks that, hey, we can get something out of this kid here, and I believe in him. Plus, it's not like they've got a great alternative standing there anyway. No, they don't. Rivers retires, so they got to figure something out there. Uh, Brian Thompson, the former Utah wide receiver to Arizona State, he's got two years of eligibility. And there was always the promise with the youth, but there was never the big breakout season that you fans desperately hoped for. And it'll be painful if that's what he does now at ASU. But no, it won't. But no, it won't. Po- yes, it will. No, it won't. Of course it will. Oh, well, pain is in the eye of the receiving of the pain. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know. How can I argue with that? I don't even know what that is. Well, I think we know with Brian Thompson, you know, maybe he only plays one year, but either way, I think his college career is going to end in Pasadena in January. Because? Because the Devils are going to go to the Rose Bowl. What do you Uh, mean because? You dope. That's the goal. I have two goals every academic year for my two sports teams. One is to go to the Rose Bowl and the other is to go to the College World Series. Okay, you've been telling us how mediocre Herm is. He's getting all this run. He hasn't done anything that the other coaches haven't done. I haven't, no. But now this is the that... year. Oh, no, I don't know that this is the year. I'm just, that's my goal every year. Okay. They can win two games, and my next year the goal is to go to the Rose Bowl. That's, that's not necessarily my goal. That's my wish. And it's only happened twice. So it's not like I got a great track record on my side here. Uh, the NBA News, Lakers announced Anthony Davis is out for four weeks. We had Shane Young on, NBA columnist and analyst for Forbes, and he brought up the possibility of the Lakers uh, dropping to a four seed and not worrying about the playoff matchups and how things work out. You know, if you're two or three and you're going to have to play the Clippers and then play the Jazz, what does it matter if you're four and you play the Jazz and then you play the Clippers? I guess it would just mean that you have the five, and that's a yeah, the potentially tougher, a diff- yeah. more difficult round and a matchup in the first round. Yeah, and you know, the more I think about it, uh, I was thinking about it during the last segment. Uh, you know, I can argue 
whoever, if you're playing, whatever the three teams are, and say two of them play in the second round, right, which we anticipate, and, and for Jazz's sake, you know, at least they won one, one round anyway. But whoever comes out, say the Lakers play the Clippers, the Lakers play the Jazz, the Jazz play the Clippers. I think I covered all the combinations there. Whoever comes out of that second round goes into that conference final with a world of confidence. So even though you think, oh, I get the first seed and let those other two teams play each other, whoever that team is that comes out of that second round, you would be thinking they would be playing at the at the top of their game. So they just roar into, even if it's a seven-game, or go into the conference final with as much confidence as they could possibly have. So, I mean, we could beat this around till yeah. we're blue in the face, and I don't know that we come up with an advantage-disadvantage one way or the other. It's just a matter of what do you do when you get in that particular round, whoever you play. Do you play well enough to beat them? That's all that matters. Mike Conley questionable tonight with the hamstring. Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Nick Batum all listed as questionable for the Clippers. So we'll see which of those questionables breaks towards their plan and which of them turn into they're out. Your sources believe that Paul George will be out, right? Uh, yes, that, that they, he has a lingering toe situation here. But I get Locke's concern. The Clippers are extremely long, and I get why a lot of people think that they have the best overall talent. Yep, that's what Shane Young and David Locke have both brought up on this, uh, on this show, is look out for the Clippers. They haven't had all their guys yet, but if they get all their guys together and play for a while and get into rhythm, they're a really difficult matchup well, for the Jazz. I mean, I felt that last year, too. Mm-hmm. DJ and PK, it's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. Your feedback coming up next. And, yes, people are already weighing in on boating, so gear up for that next. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. Now let's get this party started. This is Hans Olsen and Scotty G on the Zone Sports Network. Greg Rubel, voice of the Cougars. Always a pleasure to catch up with you, Greg. Thanks for your time and look forward to catch up to getting here very soon. Yeah, uh, where are you, by the way, uh, Scotty? Did you go to Boise last night or what was the deal there? Yeah, I am in Boise. When I left for practice last night, it was about a two-point game maybe ten minutes ago up at Boise State. So Boise takes a, a bit of a lead in the race for the conference crown with that win last Right. Was he dumping salt on the snail a bit? Or? Oh, I don't think so. Oh, okay. He lost last night, huh? So kind of relive that pain from last night. How did that go? I can't imagine there was any kind of salt being poured in the wound. <laughs> so Boise takes uh, a bit of a lead in the race of the conference crown with that win last night, right? Okay, that doesn't sound good. <laughs> Hanson Scotting. Weekdays from 10 to 2 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Positively, inviting positively, you positively, exciting positively, you. Was that up with people? Is that late for a Super Bowl halftime show? What are <laughs> no. we doing there? That was so Kay, who's been our regular s- submission right? artist with his music. He actually sent that clip in and then later emailed me with the full file. It's a song that's paying credit to Quinn Snyder. I can play the full song if you'd like me to. It's about a minute 20, but send one clip of it and then send me the full file. There's a song for Quinn Snyder about Quinn Snyder. Uh, Apparently so. I think Kay's part of the group that did it, and he sent it in to us. So I'm going to start mixing into the rotation if you want to hear it. All right. PK, they're singing about this team. Who knew? 
We are the champions. That is the song. My that jazz. Is, that's later on this summer. <laughs> oh, this time we'll go berserko if that will happen. <laughs> I just want to see it one time. That would just be so awesome. <laughs> it really would. Although I got to say, I wonder how much it'll be dialed down because of the pandemic. Well, we don't know what's going to be available. We don't. We, we don't know where it'll be in the summer. So I was going to say. In, like, in 97, when it went to the finals the first time, they lost two games in Chicago, and they came back and won two. And in the second one, Stockton hits a really deep three and then throws that pass, you know, the length of the court, hits Malone in stride for the layup, and the place is going nuts. And I had to do a live shot out on the curb of 300 West, and I could not believe what a zoo it was. There were people going up and down, honking horns, hanging out. You would have thought that that was the – the fourth win, and they won the title. That's how crazy people got when they came back to 2-2. Can't imagine what it would be like. It was a complete zoo out there that night. I want to imagine. I agree. All right, so you brought up, uh, we brought up boating, and I said that was like, I couldn't be more a fish out of water in Utah than boating. That would just, I, I, should, I can't be turned loose, loose with a houseboat. I have to be the passenger. You sit over there, don't do anything. Don't break anything. Don't hurt anybody. That I could handle. Beyond that, I'd be a disaster. And then you went off on how much you loathe Lake Powell, and you stayed Iceman, tweets at us, at Jack Dunbar 10. I love boating. No need to get on the water when hopefully Utah State can boat race Boise State tonight. Go Aggies. (laughs) Nice connection there. I'll give you that. And then uh, Jill says, boating sucks. I hate water. Don't do it. I don't hate water. I think we need water. <laughs> I love water. I love wading. I love boogie boarding. I don't surf anymore. I love boogie boarding as long as the waves aren't too bad. And take me to the Caribbean, Key West, and I could just hang out in the water for hours on end because it's beautiful. Ah, Key West. Better than Hawaii? You've been to Maui. Ooh, that's a tough call, man. I'll, I'll have to – I don't know that I can answer that off the top of my head. That's a research project, and I'll, <laughs> I'll have a theme written for you by Monday. I need months to work on that. <laughs> yeah, I got to go back and forth and put a list of pros and cons, weigh them, debate them, come to all those conclusions. In other, in right. other words, right. Scotty, I need some time off. <laughs> that would just be absolutely awesome if it came to pass. Uh, discussion on the Utes here, and uh, Jason, you know Jason Franchuk, at Hark the Franchuk, uh, well, sums sure, it yeah. up with time to head back to Montana. Referring to Larry's tenure at the U. He is ready to turn the page and move on. Um, I, I may be Charlie Brown here, but I'm, I'm going to give him next season. Wow. This will be a fifth straight NCAA tournament missed. But this Forget- season is so wacky that I'm going to give him a, a little bit of an exception. But doggone it next year. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, uh, what else we got here? Uh, oh, Rob. Rob on the Charles Barkley says, this is the flip side of the same coin. Controversial take by the talking heads at TNT drives local talking points. That's what they get paid for. Rob doesn't think there's anything to this other than people just fill in time. Well, I mean, that's all we all get paid for is talking points. I'm over that. It's just the validity of the talking point. Yes, of course. If you're in a talk basis, you're, that's the whole point. Right. We understand that. But what type of credibility is within the talking point that leads to real discussion? 
Uh, as uh, as I said earlier, I just the Jordan Clarkson as an all star. That's an intriguing p- point and worth debate. But when he threw in kick out Anthony Davis, that surprised me. When you're the second best player on the championship team, I assume you're going to be in the all star game. I guess you could uh, yeah, say there's some expe- ex- exceptions. Uh, the Mavericks, who was the Mavericks second best player to Dirk, were, were they an all star? Tyson Chandler, I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to go back and look. Right, Vince Carter. All right, DJ and PK, we are out of time. Scotty and Hans are coming up next. I want to bring in one more time Andrew Reinhardt from Wasatch Medical Clinic with a breakthrough treatment that does not involve a pill, injections, or surgery. Andrew, what can you tell us about it? Well, this treatment, acoustic wave therapy, uh, we use the most advanced form, and it's been really cool. It opens up the blood vessels in this part of the body. We've done a ton of this and helped a lot of guys get off the pill, get back to normal function. You can imagine the clinical studies say 40, 50% more blood flow, what that would do in the bedroom. You know, that's great. That, that's probably all you'd need to completely reverse the ED. Cambridge University recently conducted a study on the treatment, and what are the, what are the details you can fill us in on? Yeah, they did. Uh, there's 40 clinical studies. Cambridge is one of them. They took a bunch of guys struggling with ED of every age, and they actually intentionally took some guys with health conditions, diabetes, prostate issues, blood flow issues. So I'm thinking this is more severe ED. At the end of it, they said all men experienced an increase in blood flow. That is pretty cool. Uh, The science is, I think we can say scientifically proven now. The science is sound, and we're learning that this really does work. Some guys still might want to take the pill. What would you say to them? I would say if it's working great and you have no side effects, keep doing it. If you're experiencing headaches, you're noticing that the pill isn't working anymore, then this is probably a good alternative to look at because that pill will eventually stop working. All right, you got a special offer for the listeners to if they want to uh, give this a try and give you a call. Yeah, take the first step. Put a stop to your ED Call us now, and this is the last one of the day. Uh, We'll do the assessment, the exam, even the blood flow ultrasound. This is with our medical doctor at no charge. A little special gift we're going to throw in. You're going to like it. It produces instant results in the bedroom. All of this, a pretty good value. Call us now. It's no charge. Call Wasatch Medical right now to claim the offer at 801-901-8000. Wasatch Medical at 801-901-8000. Andrew, thank you. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. All right. Scotty and Hands are coming up next.